The Indianapolis Colts are back from their bye week and preparing to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but there are still quite a few questions to answer before this season wraps up. What's going on with Jonathan Taylor and the and the ball carriers, uh, and 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 how are we going to divvy up those those carries? What about Shaq Leonard? Will he be with the Colts in 2024? And what are the offseason plans for this Colts team? Let's talk about all of it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here as always by my fellow writer and analyst at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally. Drake, seven games remaining in this Colts season, this Colts regular season. And realistically, they have a shot. If they can put things together, they have a shot to make a playoff push. So season's definitely not over. And, and I think Colts fans should should really dig in and, and get excited about what, what this season could still become. Yeah, and hey, don't, don't pack it in yet, Colts fans. I know that there's a lot of people that uh, are really upset about Richardson, upset about overall injuries, you know, maybe some losses that shouldn't have happened. We get it, but like five and five, they're still in play. It's 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 an up in the air, crazy enough AFC right now. I mean, there's a lot of room for them to still get into the playoffs. So don't give up hope yet. And you got one hell of a play caller in Shane Steichen, and I'm I'm excited to answer some of these questions. We've definitely got some good ones, and actually some of them are questions that I've been curious about myself, and we get to answer them. So I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, we, we do have a, a lot of really good questions this evening that you guys submitted over Twitter, Facebook, uh, sending them directly to us. So it's it's going to be a lot of fun uh, tonight. More more laid back episode before we get into the meat and potatoes of yeah, this week's game on Wednesday night. Uh, so so we're gonna we're gonna dive right in, answer all of your questions tonight. We'll start out with the questions that you guys submitted to us before the show. Uh, then we'll kind of go in order of any super chats that we get tonight with with questions we'll make sure to answer all of those and then time permitting we'll answer the other questions uh that you guys have before monday night football uh tonight Truett trustler our, our loyal listener coming in hot with the super chat uh and and really really appreciate uh, uh true always being here definitely uh, uh makes the episodes a lot more fun uh he says four sacks 10 games sheesh and I, i'm not sure who you're referring to is that is it uh, uh samson ebukam possibly or or uh quitty pay we'll have to we'll have to see there uh what uh who you're talking about so hopefully you can elaborate for us but true thank you so much <laughs> for the super stick yeah I, i'm i'm really curious now like what you're talking about so if you get a moment th- throw yeah it it. definitely definitely throw it in there camden roberts what's up to you uh, another loyal listener we have mark uh with us this evening saying hashtag horseshoe huddle five and five is a good spot Love and it. holy cow uh, i think i think this is a new record for biggest super chat we have ever received in horseshoe in horseshoe huddle podcast history Anthony Doe with my $100 super chat. Oh my goodness. My, my brother, my brother in Christ. Thank you so much for, for the super chat. Just, just Thanks, unbelievable. Man. Uh, Anthony says, thank you all for the consistent content. My friends, Drake, appreciate the recent, recent DM chats, my man, much love to both you guys go Colts 
always anthony uh i'm at a loss for words to be honest and and if you you watch our show regularly you know that's hard to do because i tend to ramble on sometimes but anthony you're you're a g (laughs) brother you're an absolute saint uh you're an absolute legend the legend i don't know if anyone's going to be able to top that thank you so much for all of your support and and drake and i are appreciative that we can bring you some joy to talk about the colts uh each and every week that is that is just unbelievable thank you so much anthony really really appreciate all of your support nfl nerd is right there with you uh thinking (laughs) whoa to anthony as well uh and and hey i don't think we're we're legends compared to you brother thank you so much for all of your support logan schmidt is in the house as well noah compton stats matt where everybody is joining us here this evening. It's going to be a really fun episode. So if you haven't done so, please go follow us on all of our socials. Like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X, and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel and hit that bell so you know when Drake and I go live every single Monday and Thursday night, or if there has to be a change-up like this week, we'll be going live Wednesday night to preview Colts versus Bucks uh, because of Thanksgiving on Thursday. So make sure uh, you get all your notifications in there and if you can't catch us live no worries apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe and leave us a five-star review so we can reach other colts fans just like you so drake we've got a lot of questions tonight so let's dive right in i'm not going to waste anybody's time we're here to talk about the indianapolis colts so first question for our post week uh post by week q a Comes to us from a good friend of ours, Taryn. Uh, Taryn says, what do you think the running back share is going to look like moving forward with JT taking over the majority of the touches in the last few weeks? And I'll, I'll let you go first on this one, Drake. Wh- what do you think? Uh, how do you think the, the running back carries are, are going to be divvied up here moving forward? Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is back in the swing of things, but Zach Moss still fifth in the league in rushing. Yeah, and you know, it, it's really interesting because I know the, the past few games, Zach Moss's usage has kind of fallen off, a, a, you know, the momentum that it was, and then it fell off a cliff entirely uh, against the Patriots. I think, if I'm not mistaken, let me have it here. I think he had, yeah, one carry for two yards. So, I mean, that's really different than what you were seeing earlier, even when Taylor first got in. But look, man, I think that I, I think it was just a game plan thing. I don't think that Steichen wanted to screw up anything that was happening in that game. He fully understood, look, we're running into a wall, but man, the Patriots, they're like running into a bulldozer. Like, so we just need to keep doing what we're doing. Don't switch up Taylor. He's not having the best game, but no, no one is. We just need to get the hell out of here with a win. I think that's a big reason why. And no one's really mentioned that, but I think that's why you didn't really see a lot of Moss. But I don't think he's out of this offense yet. I just think that Taylor is back to full to full speed. I think that you paid the guy the money, get him out there, give him as many touches as he can get. And Zach Moss is still going to be a very solid complimentary piece. But I don't think you've seen the last of Moss. I do think he's done with the Colts after this season. I don't think they're going to resign him. But um, I also think that that's great for him. He's played his way into a starting position elsewhere. And the guy can he's shown he can take the rock 30 times and still get over 100 yards and lead your team to a win. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just time for Jonathan Taylor's back. And when you pay a running back $14 million a year, he's going to be your bell cow. Uh, so, so with Jonathan Taylor back in the fold, uh, getting back to full speed and, and looking like his normal self again, I think Jonathan Taylor, that that's who you're going to have as the starter. But I don't think, like you said, Drake, I don't think Zach Moss is going to be out of this offense completely. If I had to guess, I think moving on, it would probably be a, probably a 70, 30 split, maybe 65, 35 split. Uh, there might be games where Zach Moss does out snap Jonathan Taylor. There might be times like 
like what happened against the Patriots, where Jonathan Taylor takes almost all the carries. But I think it'll even out to probably about a, a 65, 35, 70, 30 split, because uh, there will be times where Zach Moss does have the hot hand. A lot of times they will go with the hot hand. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But with Jonathan Taylor back in the fold, he's going to be the bell cow. And, and I think we're going to see Jonathan Taylor carry this rushing attack uh, for the majority of the season. Uh, let's move on to our next question from the GOAT, Logan Schmidt. Uh, this one, had to throw this one in early because it's it's a fantastic question. This question is for Drake. Drake, how many Moscow mules uh, does it take, will it take for you to take your shirt off on the show from the great Logan Schmidt himself? Oh, man. <laughs> on the show. I mean, like, just in general – Maybe like maybe one. It's nice to you know air out the pores every now and again. But uh, on the show, who? Will it take set, a cold Super Bowl victory for you? You know to, what? It, now, that? if that happened, I would drink many, many mules, and uh, <laughs> I would I would probably take my shirt off and probably have a Colts horseshoe painted on me like a stereotypical fan. So, uh, but it'd take a lot. It'd take Listen, a lot. guys, if if the, <laughs> if the Colts, if or when the Colts win the Super Bowl, uh, Drake and I will likely be live from the from the moment the uh, the clock strikes zero till probably five or six in the morning to be honest with you it'll just be a straight party all night and it'll be okay to party because that's great it'll be fantastic and you guys all better be here live for when that happens but uh well hey we'll have to see we'll have to see what happens if if that does take place here uh let's get another question in Uh, this one from colts fan cole uh we got to meet colts fan cole at the meetup uh this summer uh during training camp it was really awesome to to meet you buddy and and he asked why is it kellen mond emergency quarterback three seems like a waste not utilizing the rule and I, th- I think i'll go with this one with this one uh, i'll start out drake here is because in order to have a third quarterback on the roster and i know the colts had one with with when anthony richardson was before he was injured and went down on ir in order to have that third that third quarterback on the roster uh or you have to obviously take someone off the roster so it can't just be a practice squad player who is the emergency third quarterback he has to be on the active roster and i, I can think of a couple of reasons why he's not there number one could be that kellen just hasn't mastered the offense yet maybe the colts aren't comfortable with him being in that situation yet they're more wanting to take it slow uh, uh with with kellen to see because he didn't have a full off season in this offense. He didn't have training camp. So he's kind of learning all of this stuff on the fly. Remember, uh, uh, Anthony Richardson just went down in, in October. So Kellen Mond really hasn't been with the team that long. So I think it's a combination of that. I think it's a combination of the Colts right now. They don't think they necessarily need it. Now, if Gardner Minshew goes down or or Sam Ellinger goes down, say in practice or something, then yeah, I would see Kellen Mond probably get the nod. But hey, from 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 my standpoint right now, the Colts probably are just sitting thinking like, you know, not yet. We're going to keep him on the practice squad. Let him learn until he needs to be elevated. Yeah, and I I think that you're right right there in the in the ballpark because when he was brought on to the team, I initially thought to myself, man, he's he's just he's just there to to pretty much be a practice squad guy, and they're not going to elevate him unless they really feel the need to because mm-hmm. they had three guys originally. I I don't think that they feel pressured to always have three in hand because you'd need to knock on I'm knock on wood of course but you'd ha- you'd need to have some incredible injuries happening in a game to be like oh man I wish we would have you know made Kellen Mond the emergency quarterback or the third string quarterback whatever 
Um, but at, at the end of the day, it was because Anthony Richardson went down. I, I do think that there is some intrigue with Kellen Mond because he's got some skills that Sam Ellinger doesn't possess, even Gardner Minshew doesn't possess. Um, so it, it's interesting, especially given that Steichen can pretty much mold anybody. So we'll have to just see. But I, I think that I think that once it's all said and done and the season's over, first off, I think they're extending Gardner Minshew or they're going to re-sign him. And I think you're going to see that steady rotation of Richardson, Minshew, and Ellinger. Yeah, I, I think I think so too at this point. Unless something does change, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to uh, discount or uh, uh, say that the Colts won't won't look at quarterbacks in this draft potentially. Yeah. Possibly take a flop midday, a mid round flyer on on a rookie quarterback, thinking about the future to to back up Anthony Richardson. Uh, but but we'll have to see when when that time comes. Um, here's another. Uh, here's a question from uh, our good friend Joe Camacho. Uh, Joe says, "Why is Minshew not out of the pocket a bit more to throw on the run?" Drake, Drake, what do you think? Why why haven't the Colts really tried to get Minshew outside of the pocket more? Do you think? That's a good, that's that's actually a, a question that you wouldn't even think about because he he does have some mobility. He's more mobile than 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 you know just a, a more standard pocket passer like Mac Jones. Um, but at the end of the day, I think he just really Steichen understands that Minshew's strengths are the following: getting the ball out quick, short passes, RPO system. Um, accuracy you know working really well when the game plan is working really well he's not going to fumble the game plan okay but he also understands that he isn't the best at climbing you out of a hole he also understands that he isn't the best on the run honestly I mean he I think that he's just I think he could be used more on bootlegs for sure but I think that Gardner Minshew is just more of a pocket passer that needs to get the ball out quick because we've seen how he deals with pressure so I mean i that's an interesting question, though, because maybe he could scheme him open. He's not the slowest QB, but I, I'm actually kind of curious to get your thoughts on that because maybe it could help him open up a little bit as a quarterback if he's not just standing in the pocket all day when defenses pretty much know what he can do. I think it's pretty simple. I think it's just that's not one of his strengths. You know, I, I just, I just don't don't see Minshew uh, in the past throwing on the run very much. You're you're right in that aspect that he's been in in the past. He's been more of a game manager. You know, getting the ball out quickly to to his 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 playmakers and and as we've seen this season the longer a play takes to develop it seems like the more antsy Gardner Minshew gets and the more likely he's he ends up making a turnover worthy play or or a throw into that he shouldn't make necessarily so when you're trying to get him outside the pocket for those longer developing plays I think there's a little bit of a risk there in, in doing that again it's just not really one of his strengths his strengths is getting the ball out quickly there in the pocket so i think that's what they they've really set on and it also is because i mean it's it's hard to get a quarterback outside the pocket when when there's another when opposing teams are blitzing at such a high rate i mean gardner Minshew is the most uh, uh is the quarterback that has blitzed the most in the nfl this and it's season. not close really right and, and there's there's a reason for that <laughs> it's because he hasn't been handling the blitz well so teams are going to continue to blitz him until they stop that so again the longer developing plays combined with with teams being blitzed and 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 or teams blitzing the colts i think it just doesn't make a very good combination for that I want to give a shout out to Virgil Kane. Uh, Virgil says, hey, from Manchester, oh, England. So we've got Hell a viewer yeah. from across the pond tonight. Good to see you, Virgil. Thanks for tuning in to 
to the show. Always great to have some uh, some overseas friends joining us uh, for the episode. Drake, let's move along to our next question. This comes from our good friend, Brandon Moses. So this is probably... Uh, I mean, next to the mule question, maybe the most out out of the box question we we've got for tonight. <laughs> Brandon asks, "What do you think of a new rule that if a player has their mouthpiece hanging from their face mask when the ball is snapped, automatic five yard penalty and loss of down also counts towards your two personal fouls? You're allowed to not have one, but having one and leaving it hanging from your face mask would be a penalty." So, obviously, if you guys know, Brandon is is my best friend, know him personally. Uh, uh, so this is one of his pet peeves and it's been his pet peeve for a long time. Honestly, I, I think that <laughs> as, Brandon, <laughs> as stats, Matt says, this question is dumb. OCD is too high with that guy. Uh, <laughs> hilarious. Hilarious. And stats, Matt can say that about Brandon because so he's been with us from the beginning. Um, <laughs> so I, I think, <laughs> I think it's because, you know, if that is a penalty, players just won't wear mouthpieces. And if you know the NFL, they're not going to to put in rules to encourage or incentivize not having equipment or 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 to not have something that's supposed to be there for safety. So, yes, it, it's a little counterintuitive to have a uh uh uh, a mouthpiece on, on, hanging from your helmet if you're not going to wear it or it's not going to be in your mouth. But I don't think there's ever going to be a rule against just having a mouthpiece hanging there. What do you think, Drake? Yeah, I, I love the question. It's like, it's like, what in the hell happened before thinking that up? Like, what prompted that? That question is my first thought. That's awesome, though. <laughs> um, I, I think that if I was, man, if I was especially a freaking receiver, because like the offensive lineman and defensive line, they're, they're still pretty close. I mean, they're all obviously massive, but they're not like running and like cracking into each other. You know what I mean? Like they're from the point of attack, they're just like kind of bumping. But like, man, if I was a receiver, some of those guys, I, I agree. It's kind of weird because it's like, why aren't you wearing your your mouthpiece? You could take a really nasty hit unintentionally and lose a tooth. <laughs> like it can happen. So, um, but I, I, I share Brandon's like, uh, it does irk me a little bit when I see that too, but unfortunately, I don't think the NFL gives a damn. They're not gonna. <laughs> no, no. And, and listen, I, I mean, you're talking to the guy right here that every time he sees uh, Steph Curry with his mouthpiece out, it irks me. It irks me seeing Caleb Williams even have Chew his mouthpiece just chewing on it during the middle of a play. <laughs> Can't absolutely cannot stand that. But hey, I don't think there's ever going to be a penalty uh, uh, against it. Um, let's go to our next question. This one from Sarah, our loyalist. Sarah, don't know if she's in here live tonight, but we do appreciate all of your support. Uh, Sarah asks, what do you think the Colts do in the offseason as far as receiver and corner? And I, I think this is I think oh. this is a, a really good question because it can go a bunch of different ways. And, and Drake, I don't know. I think we might even uh, have differing opinions on this, depending on what you have to say. I'm going to let you go first. What do you think the Colts are end up doing this offseason at wide receiver and at cornerback? Oh man. Um I think they're good at cornerback in the draft. I think they got their guys. I think that Darius Rush just didn't work out, and it's really because of Jalen Jones. So I think that they got Juju Brents, Jalen Jones. I think if they take a corner in the draft, it's super late. I think that they're looking at Alec Pierce right now and saying, You might not be the best receiving fit that or you might not be the receiving fit that we thought you were, because he can block 
very well. He's basically Zach Pascal when it comes to blocking, which is great. You want to be to be able to get open. So I think that if you're talking about receiver, I think that they draft a receiver. It's a very stacked class. I know Marvin Harrison Jr. Look, he's not going to be a Colt. Uh, they're pretty much already out of the race. So just get over those that pipe dream. Andrew has laid out plenty of of uh, receivers that are coming in with, uh, up in the draft uh, that can that he can dive into a little bit more that are perfect fits, especially for a guy like Shane Steichen. So I think they address receiver in the draft. But as far as defensive back, I think that they have their tool, their pieces. Kenny Moore's not going anywhere. Perhaps Daryl Baker Jr. can be salvaged somehow. But man, I, I think they're going to pick up a free agent. I think they're going to get somebody that's maybe a little bit more high dollar, not not super high dollar because Ballard has his limits. But I think that they're willing to maybe do something like they did with Stephon Gilmore, but maybe a little bit of a younger player, like a 27, 28-year-old guy coming off of his rookie contract, didn't work elsewhere. Maybe he still has a high ceiling. They pay him, bring him here because I don't think they're that far off, man. They've got Juju Brents and Jalen Jones when they're both playing on the high level. Juju Brents can cover a lot of people, be very physical, and Jalen Jones is just a pit bull. So I think that that's how they approach those those positions. So we so we do agree uh, because I in my in my opinion, cornerback is not going to be one of their one of their top needs. Do they need depth, especially long term? Right? Do they need depth at corner? Absolutely, they do. But when you're looking at at the guys that are playing right now, or Let's take a look at how they've played this season. You know, Kenny Moore looks like he's back to Pro Bowl form. I'd honestly be shocked if if the Colts don't end up extending Kenny Moore long term. When Juju Brents has been in there, Juju Brents has looked really, really good. A solid outside cornerback option that could possibly be your number one outside corner in the future. And Jalen Jones, man, just talking about this kid, a seventh round pick wasn't even a, a, a lock to make the team now he's out there putting in meaningful snaps and and if you look at certain metrics you know Jalen Jones is hardly allowing any separation I think in terms of of the Colts cornerbacks this year him and Kenny Moore are one and two in in as far as not allowing or the least amount of y- uh, yards of separation allowed out of any of the cornerbacks just absolutely insane Jalen Jones has may eventually be one of the best draft picks that Chris Ballard has ever made with the Indianapolis <laughs> Crazy. Colts, which is wild. So you talk about that. Now, do I Jeez. think that they could add uh, uh, depth and free agency? Yeah, absolutely. I do. You can never have enough cornerbacks. And and it's, the Colts were, are always going to be looking at defensive back in the draft as well. Maybe in the mid to later rounds, it just kind of depends how, how the board falls. But I really think the focus is going to be on on wide receiver. And and there are so many names. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a top three pick. I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. Nope. But you look at guys like Malik Neighbors uh, from LSU, who is setting records uh, uh, down there in, in Baton Rouge. Fantastic player. Would be a perfect fit as, as the Z wide receiver, the position that Alec Pierce plays. Great route running. Has, has uh, uh, the that deep ability i think he's averaging almost 20 yards per catch fantat would be a fantastic addition roma donzi if you haven't watched washington this season uh, i would encourage you to do so because roma donzi is making plays every single game keon coleman is also out there but keon coleman i think is more of an x wide receiver fit kind of the position that michael Pittman jr plays uh while he makes fantastic plays uh, he's more of that possession type wide receiver so if I, i'm looking at those z wide receiver types like the marvin harrison jr that won't happen but those guys like malik neighbors roma donzi i think the colts are going to be in the in the the wide receiver market early 
And you know, don't uh, don't don't discount uh, Brock Bowers either. If if Brock Bowers tends to f- uh, falls just a little bit in the draft, I don't know. Chris Bowers always about best player available. It'd be hard for me to pass up on on putting Brock Bowers in a Shane Steichen offense. I know the Colts have Jelani Woods, Drew Ogletree, uh, uh, Kylan Granson. But man, Brock Bowers is a different breed of tight end, and it would just be very, very cool to see what Shane Steichen could do there. So that's that's kind of what I think. And as far as uh, uh, free agency, maybe they add a wide receiver, maybe they bring back Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, I don't really know there. I, I think if you're if you're gonna get a wide receiver, though, it's probably gonna be early or in the draft to pair with Anthony Richardson long term. Want to give a shout out to Shaheen G. Uh, Shaheen hasn't been with us in a couple episodes. Good to see you back, brother. Said missed you guys. Let's get Moss to 100K yards. We'll see if it happens. You know, if the Colts not start going, far off, going nuts, uh, uh, you know, we might see Moss get there if he has a couple big games to close out the year. But Sheen, thank you so much for the super chat, brother. Really, really appreciate all of your support. All right, let's move along to our next uh, question here, Drake. This one, another one from Joe Camacho. uh, And this one is about the Week 18 matchup with C.J. Stroud. Uh, Uh uh, He's asking, how do the Colts get pressure on C.J. Stroud in Week 18? So I think... If just like how the Colts did at the at the very beginning of of the season, I mean it's it's that pressure right up the middle. So C.J. Stroud can't step into his throws, uh, make him uncomfortable in that pocket. And and we've seen that when that it tends when he gets that pressure right up the middle, that's when he tends to struggle. I mean C.J. Stroud has looked phenomenal all year, but again when he doesn't have time to make those throws, that's when he still does tend to struggle a little bit. So I think it's going to be up the middle. DeForest Buck. Grover Stewart will be back by then. You'd still like to see Quiddy Pay and Samson Ebukam get back. Maybe Quiddy Pay gets back to, to, to how he was to start the season. But I think for me, it's going to be right there up the middle, getting in CJ Stroud's face. What do you think? Yeah, I agree 100% because if you look at their, uh, if you look at on Pro Football Focus, which look, man, we have, we have to say this constantly. It's not the Bible, but it is an incredible <laughs> reference, especially with blocking and the O line. Um, right now, Laramie Tunsil, obviously he struggled with some injuries, but he's the top blocker, but he's on the outside. Now they're a little bit more soft on the inside with guys like Shaq Mason, with guys like, uh, Jarrett Patterson there. They don't have the best blocking efficiency, especially in the passing game. And I think the running game is a little bit more kind of like pedestrian. So it, dare I say this, Houston's offensive line is, is, is basically average. Okay. It's just C.J. Stroud is just not playing at all like a rookie. That's the thing, okay? He's getting the ball out quickly. He's hitting his receivers. He's throwing it into donut hole-sized you know, uh, areas where only his receivers can get it. So I think that you're you're right. If they can get guys like Stewart, guys like, I dare say, Taven Bryan, who actually put pressure on Stroud the first time, guys like DeForest Buckner, if they can bust that middle and force guys like Laramie Tunsil to have to work harder, guys on the outside, you might see you might if you can get to CJ Stroud, I'd say five times. If you can sack that dude five times or at least get six, seven, eight pressures on him, you can force him to make some mistakes. And honestly, with how hot he's played, that's about the only way you're gonna beat him at this point. 
And don't forget Hurricane Dio, nine and a half sacks, nine and a half sacks in his last 14 games. The hurricane is certainly coming on. And and I think CJ Stroud is going to have some issues with that one as well. Let's go to our next question here, Drake. This one is from, uh, it's either Celtic or Celtic of 300. Uh, they ask heading into next season. This one's a, 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 this one is, is a really good question as well. Heading into next season, do you expect Chris Ballard to be more active during free agency when it comes to adding external talent? Drake, what do you think? Uh, first off, that is also known as Anthony Doe. That oh, is so his, that is Anthony Doe? That's just his Twitter handle. Anthony Celtic Doe. of 300. You know what? He's everywhere. He is. He is everywhere. And if I would have known that, I would have. I would have gave him a shout out. Everyone. I mean, for for Anthony Doe coming out here with absolute fire, giving us the one hundred dollars super chat. Go ahead and go follow him at Celtic underscore of cell underscore three hundred. Go give him a follow. That man absolutely deserves it. But but go ahead, Drake. Uh, what do you think? Do you think Chris Ballard is act more active this year in free agency? Why or why not? I think he is weirdly enough. And I think it's going to be for a, for look, man, I I don't think Isaiah McKenzie returns. So I think you might see him later on, maybe a cheaper free agent at wide receiver. But I, I think that he's going to sign a cornerback. He might even sign a linebacker just for depth. I mean, Grant Stewart's played well, but I do think that they still need some depth at linebacker. Um, I, I think that he's going to be more active because he realizes, look, this is Richardson's real first go. You know, this is um, his job is still on the line, even though it's kind of a throwaway season. It's still on the line. And I think that he needs to give Shane Steichen and if Bradley's back or not give him the best possible start to all this for him. Like give you spend the money, don't overspend, but spend the money, you know, help your defense. Cause your secondary still on paper and by stats stinks. Okay. Like they've, they've, they've Kenny Moore played like a, a God of football against the Panthers. Um, but, but there have been times where that secondary can't win shootouts, you know, and, and Minshew and the offense has done everything they can within their limits. And they still lose because they can't win those shootouts. So I think Ballard's going to invest in a secondary uh, or in, in the defensive back position. Like I said, a little later, he might get a linebacker for depth. And I think that he might get a wide receiver for depth. But he realizes, man, Richardson, this is really his first full go. And they're really putting a lot behind him after the surgery. So give him the best damn team possible, man. See, for me, I'm the opposite. This is where Drake and I disagree. I don't think he's going to be any more active than normal in free agency. (laughs) Uh, And and the thing is, the the reason for that is because a lot of where that Colts debt were, because the Colts have a lot of cap space, will have a lot of cap space, excuse me. A lot of that is going to go into re-signing their own. You got to think Michael Pittman Jr. probably getting a contract about 20 million a year. Uh, Kenny Moore is going to require top dollar. Grover Stewart, do you see? We have obviously seen how how the Colts have been against the run without Grover Stewart. Grover Stewart's a free agent. He's going to require uh, a, a good chunk of change. If the Colts decide to bring back Julian Blackman. You know, I think Julian Blackman has certainly played himself into the conversation of returning with the Indianapolis Colts, depending on what the figure is. That's going to cost some money. So after you you lock down those four, it, you're you're getting low on cap space. So obviously, you think about do the Colts bring back Gardner Minshew, or do they go look elsewhere for for a backup quarterback? Uh, you do probably need some some depth at wide receiver, some depth at corner. 
and and just some overall depth maybe on the offensive line uh, uh nose tackle obviously a depth behind there is is a concern so there's areas of depth that i think you can attack with free agency but a lot of that cap space is going to go towards re-signing their own and and keeping those guys excuse me, in-house. So when you, when you do that, it, it definitely takes it down and there's not as much to play with. However, I still would think, I, I think I, I, saying all that, I think we're an off season away because I still think the Colts want to have a full year with Anthony Richardson out there as the starter, kind of see how close they are then. And then maybe because he's still on the rookie deal, do you go out there in, in the off season before 2025 and try to make those moves to get those couple pieces that you think might put you over the hump. That's when I think you might see him be a little bit more aggressive when the Colts are closer. But I think this offseason is really going to be about re-signing your own core pieces that are going to be with this team and help this team long-term and then kind of using free agency more as uh, uh, instead of filling certain holes, maybe just bolstering up uh, the roster on the back end. And then you'll see some bigger impact players in the draft. That's at least how I think it's going to go. Watch Chris Ballard go on a spending spree and completely prove me wrong here, uh, <laughs> but but we'll have to see. Uh, our third question from uh, Joe Camacho tonight says, how can Minshew avoid getting getting his passes swatted by the defensive line. And Joe, I think this is a simple answer. Don't stare down your wide receivers. Gardner Minshew has had a propensity for staring down uh, his wide receivers. And, and when they do that, defensive linemen, they have eyes. They can see if you're locked onto a receiver, all they have to do is put their big mitts up and, and get that taken care of. So I think not staring down his wide receivers and maybe moving a little bit more in the pocket, just slight sidesteps to find holes uh, so that way you can get the ball through there. But that's at least what I have seen. What do you think, Drake? No, I, that's that's exactly what it is because there's times where like d- defensive tackles. I mean, obviously there's some that go that g- really do get after the quarterback, but a lot of them in that pass in that passing situation, what they'll do with Minshew is they'll just like get their arms extended on the offensive lineman so they can s- still see him, and they'll just follow his eyes. And as soon as he goes to throw, they'll stick their hands like just straight up, and they'll keep their arms away so they can just raise their hands and it's like that's why you see so many of his passes get tipped and i mean man if he keeps that up you might just just by by math standards you're gonna see some of those not just get knocked backwards but get like tipped straight up in the air for a very easy interception i'm, I'm waiting for it so that is actually a really interesting question because that's something that we haven't talked about and you just brought up a great point is that's something else you've seen that defenses have caught on to is that he tends to stare down a receiver that he really wants to throw to so uh, that's something he's got to stop because he's not mobile enough to do that <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. and then our final uh question that came to us before the show tonight again another one from logan schmidt and this is one that a lot of colts fans have been asking good one where's nick cross you know the the third round pick in the 2021 nfl draft uh colts moved up to to get nick cross uh and 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 it was seen he started out as the starter last year quickly faded and we really haven't seen much of him since so drake in your opinion what where is nick cross why hasn't he been able to reach the field and and do you think that he'll have his opportunity either this year or or next year or will it ever come I think that he doesn't see the field because Julian Blackman switched over to his position. Um, I think that he's more of a strong safety. I think that he was right there on the edge of it. And I think that Julian Blackman switching over and the fact that he hasn't just played better, but he has 
shown the NFL and the Colts, more importantly, that that is his natural fit. It's, and so I, I hate to say it, man, but Nick Cross right now is in a really interesting spot because he's he's either going to have to learn how to be a better free safety because Rodney Thomas, okay, he's shown promise at times this season, but he he's fallen off from his rookie season. I think he still has like two or three interceptions, but he's he's been exploited more. So I think that that's a position that's more up for grabs. If somehow Nick Cross can train himself to be a little bit more agile and a little lighter on his feet, uh, and be a little bit more of a free safety. He might have a crack at it there, but man, right now Julian Blackman's playing lights out. I, I agree. Julian Blackman has was really it, this position change has honestly it's revitalized his career because yep. you, you think about it. Uh, and before the season started, you're thinking Julian Blackman at strong safety. Yeah, he'll probably be probably you're you're not you're not expecting him to to really take off like he did he'll probably have one more average year with the Colts and then you know thanks thanks for the four years but it's time to move on and I mean Julian Blackman has probably been a top five player on this Colts defense this year if not if not even higher the plays that he is making not only in the back end but but close to the line of scrimmage he just this this strong safety position he really fits it well in Gus Bradley's scheme and it has definitely made him one of the better Colts on the defensive side of the ball so when he's playing at that high of a level that's the position that Nick Cross was was really drafted to 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 play he's not really he's not really overcoming that and 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 showing in practice that he deserves to play that position over julian blackman then you talk about free safety rodney thomas has struggled a little bit this year it seems like he's came on as of late certainly has been better defending the deep ball uh but at the same time nick cross it just seems like he's he might be closer in terms of rodney thomas but not quite there yet another thing that i think is working against nick cross is he hasn't necessarily been able to focus in on one position and and i think this is due to this is the because of the Colts coaching staff they've kind of been training him in at multiple spots strong safety free safety he's been getting reps at, at nickel in practice just in case Kenny Moore does go down um so so he's been getting different reps all over the place so maybe it's like maybe it's 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 a case of where he's focusing on too many positions and then trying to uh, learn too many things rather than focusing in on one position and getting really really good at that I don't know if that if that necessarily plays a role that's just my personal opinion on what that could be but i still have faith in nick cross still think he is an incredible athlete and has and has great potential again i think the kid is only 21 maybe 22 years old so he is still very very young in his football career so i'm not going to to close the book on nick cross especially if julian blackman is not back with this team in in 2024 then it's nick cross's opportunity it's his time to shine and he better either make the best of his opportunity or it's going to be end up being a wasted pick and and he's not going to be with the Colts for very long. So those were all the questions that we received before the episode and we have received a couple uh during the episode here. So we if, have. You guys, if you guys still have questions that you would like answered, go ahead and throw them in the chat. We're going to start out with Mark's question here. Uh, we'll throw it up on the screen. Mark asked, "What will it take to see Sam out there? He has to be more mobile than Gardner Minshew." And to be honest, Drake I don't think we see Gardner Minch or Sam Ellinger out there instead of Gardner Minshew because simple simple reason we already saw Sam Ellinger out there and and even though Shane Steichen wasn't the coach then he watched the film 
from last year. We've seen what Sam Ellinger is, and and it's not great, you know. And and so far, Gardner Minshew has been able to keep this Colts team at 500. So regardless of what Gardner Minshew has looked like or hasn't looked like, it's still been better than what Sam Ellinger looked like last year. So in my opinion, Gardner Minshew, the veteran, is what this team needs right now, and I don't think Sam Ellinger is going to do anything better than what Gardner Minshew has done so far. What do you think? Uh, and f- first off, thanks for the question, Mark. Really appreciate the uh, you, you engaging in this episode with us. Um, I don't even think it's the Patriots game. I don't think it's the Washington Commanders game last season. I think it's the game that finished the season that really made me understand who Sam Ellinger was as a quarterback. Look, man, Belichick destroys uh, rookie or sophomore QBs. He just does it. It's historical. Um, you know, Washington, Ron Rivera, great defensive mind, phenomenal defensive mind. He can get anybody any given Sunday. The Texans, though, last season were coached by Lovey Smith. He was not good. They were not good. They stunk on defense, even with guys like Jalen Petrie um, and uh, and a young secondary that's very capable. Stingley, that's right, Derek Stingley. They had some great guys out there, but they were in the rookie seasons. That was a team that just wasn't good. He still went out there through two interceptions. The thing about Ellinger is he is more mobile than Minshew, but he, believe it or not, doesn't even have the arm I think Minshew does, which Minshew doesn't have the greatest arm. Ellinger is way more erratic. He makes some very crazy throws sometimes. Sometimes he'll do what I like to call Carson Wentzing it a bit too much. He'll just go out there and just say, Hey, we almost oh, saw Carson Wentz this week and there in LA when Matt Stafford uh, took that big hit. Man. I was thinking, are we going to see Carson Wentz already? But he would have probably won the game because he rolled his ankle against the, he rolled his ankles against the Rams <laughs> last time he played him uh, with us. But uh, look at the end of the day, Sam Ellinger, I think that he's a phenomenal teammate. I think he's a great guy to help you prep. I think though, Mark, and this is just honesty. If he's in the game for you, you're in a bad way at quarterback. And look at last season. The team was in the worst way I've ever seen them at quarterback. So I think he's a great teammate, though, and he's he's probably going to stay on the roster for a while, at least at that practice squad QB3 level. Exactly. Our last question here is from loyal listener Camden Roberts. Camden, thanks so much, buddy. Camden asks, what if we moved Josh Downs to wide receiver too? And and I think this is an interesting question that that does require a, a little bit of an explanation. So I think a lot of us live, we, we live in the kind of like the Madden era where, and we talk about wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. And you see like on the Madden depth chart, there's like one, two, three in the NFL teams don't really think like that. They think in terms of, of the, of the position. So and I think I've, I feel like I've, I've talked about this before, but Hey, why not? In case you haven't heard. So the cold, the, the NFL and, and just football teams in general, college, wherever they go by the positions of the wide receiver. There's an X wide receiver position. That's, that's generally uh, split out wide. Uh, uh, usually the only wide receiver on that side of the field in, in a, in a, uh, a three by one or a two by one formation. Uh, that's your typically your possession wide receiver, like a Michael Michael Pittman Jr. guy that is is going to be more physical. Uh, a guy that maybe on like a third and third and eight, you need those tough yardage. You throw it to to your possession type of wide receiver. Uh, think of Michael Pittman. Think of Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne was the X wide receiver for the Colts uh, for all of those years. That's the X. The Z wide receiver on the other side. Uh, that's your your Alec Pierce. Uh, 
your Marvin Harrison's a guy that that is a, a real has good speed uh, can win deep as well as can win short uh, typically a really good route runner that's your kind of your Z your other wide receiver then you have your 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 slot wide receiver your slot guy it can be it can be changed depending on the offense some people uh, uh, if you if you're talking about tight ends it can be like an F or a Y uh, it just kind of depends on on the lingo. Uh, uh, as far as your, your, some, some even call it a W wide receiver, but it's, it's, in a nutshell your slot guy and that's where that's where josh downs really feasts he is more of the slot wide receiver uh in shane steichen's offense he's their quick win wide receiver the guy that you know can can win against one-on-one coverage uh, uh right at the snap doesn't take long for him to get open and if you need to throw that ball quickly out to that wide receiver uh to a wide receiver typically it's going to be josh down so there isn't really a hierarchy of of wide receivers uh, if you want to tell of who the hierarchy is Basically, you can go by targets. You can go by targets and who is is receiving the lion's share of of those targets and 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 those opportunities. Obviously, Michael Pittman Jr. is the Colts' top wide receiver. He receives the most targets, receives the most opportunities, and and when the Colts need to go to a wide receiver in a pinch, it's typically number eleven. So, but looking at the other targets, you could say that that Josh Downs has theoretically gotten into that wide receiver two role, you know, because he's received those targets and, and he's second on the team in that category. Seems like doesn't matter if it's Anthony Richardson or Gardner Minshew, uh, when they need a quick win, they go to Josh Downs. And, and I think he's asserted himself as that quote unquote number two in this offense behind Michael Pittman Jr. So again, long rant to say that I think Josh Downs is really already there, but that's kind of the explanation behind that and why there isn't necessarily a one, a two or three. Uh, they instead got to go by like the X Z slot kind of terminology, but, but Drake, what do you think? Did you think I, uh, is that kind of what you were thinking or, or do you think Josh Downs still has a ways to go before he kind of reaches that level in this offense? Uh, and I'll shut up now. <laughs> no, no, that was, that was a beautiful way to explain it because that a lot of people kind of get caught up in that. I, I personally just want him to stick, just please stay in the slot. Look, unless th- this is where height does matter in my opinion, like, Guys like Calvin Ridley, I think Ridley's like either, I think he might be six foot on the dot. Guys like Tyree Kill, five foot ten. Guys like that were just, they're either the best of the best of the best at route running, and they can lose anyone, even Sauce Gardner. They can lose the top cornerbacks in the league any given play, like Calvin Ridley. Or they've got this stupid speed, like Tyree Kill, that just on, on, a, on a cut, you're done. Downs is not as fast as Tyree Kill. And he isn't the route runner yet, you know, that Calvin Ridley is. But I just think he's such a – I love his death by a thousand cuts type of usage in this offense. I think that he brings in the defense to huddle around more and opens up more for the long shots. I just think he's a, I think he's a slot destroyer. I think that he ruins those linebackers, those safeties, and corners who are in the slot with him. He just needs one step, and he gets that quick slant. So – I also, it, that's another reason I think that they need to draft a receiver because while Alec Pierce has blocked well, you got to be able to get some help. You can't just have Pittman and Downs. You need to be able to have a stalwart on the left outside, a stalwart on the right outside, and then Downs can work a lot easier in the middle there. 
Give me Malik Neighbors, baby. I think that'd be the perfect Z fit. I don't know if the Colts are even going to be high enough to to be able to draft him. Uh, but Malik Neighbors, I think, would be right now my my top pick, and, and Roma Donzi my a close second. I think that would be a, a phenomenal pairing with Anthony Richardson in the Shane Steichen offense. So a lot of great questions this evening, guys. Really appreciate everybody that that sent in their questions but, early. Hey, and then, Andrew, real quick, I, I got to get to just one more. Do it. Let's do it. It's because I have to. Logan Schmidt asked, here's a question. How wrong were we about Will Fries? William Fries. I'll tell you. Okay. (laughs) I wrote several articles, several articles saying, this dude is a backup. He's a backup. Now, look at Pro Football Focus. This is where you'll start to see the mistiness happen. He doesn't have the best grades. But when you're looking at the fact that he is Count the third, seventh rounder that is starting for the Colts right now. You've got him. You've got uh, you've got Rodney Thomas. You've got Jalen Jones. Dude, they've got three freaking seventh rounders starting for them right now. Will Fries blocked like a madman in the run game last year, but he stunk in pass protection. I mean, he stunk. He was bad. Now he's actually pretty decent. He's getting better. He's improving. He's filling that right guard role, honestly, kind of similar to the way Mark Lewinsky did because once once Glow went to New York, he was not the same lineman when you have Ryan Kelly to your left and when you have Braden Smith to your right. It's not the same. So I think Will Fries on his own, maybe we're talking about a different story here, but I was totally wrong. In this offense, he's really starting to put together good performances. He's becoming solid on the offensive line, and he's making me look like a freaking idiot when I go back and cry reading my old articles saying that they need to sign Gabe Davis and or Gabe Jackson. They need to sign all these guys, Dalton Reisner. So props to Will Fries. Seriously, great Look, job this season. Logan, I apologize, buddy. I did not even see that that question in the chat. That's on me. That's on me. So good on good on you, Drake, for, for catching that. Logan, hopefully you don't smite me. Uh, I do apologize. But yeah, I mean, Will <laughs> Fries certainly has been a, a fantastic third year for, for Will Fries, you know. And and this is, I mean, I've I when I was doing my research way back when, when uh, Will Fries was uh, uh, was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts both both with my research and and with Zach Hicks had had did an interview with Will Fries back then as well for for Horseshoe Huddle. I mean everything that that we found out and just talking to him was this kid eats sleeps and breathes football i mean this this kid would study up and just has an incredible work ethic and he has used that for to go from a seventh round pick to to a guy that has started every single game this season at right guard for the indianapolis colts and and really you you don't really mention his name much as being a, a weak link uh for this unit so credit to will fries and his hard work to get to that point uh credit to his work with tony sperano jr as well this offseason to really step up his game will fries has became uh more than serviceable starting right guard in the nfl and, and give him his flowers uh for sure so i don't think i'm gonna go real quick um it looks like we have we do have some more questions here uh coming in late so let me see here from nfl nerd nfl nerd with the super chat thank you so much uh and nfl nerd is asking what are you seeing on tape for alec pierce and this is a great question uh because a lot of people mean a lot of your stat the stat watchers out there you look and you see uh, uh, what 
since Alec Pierce hasn't really done much that the Colts should just get rid of him. And, and I think a lot of uh, that's, that's not necessarily true. Uh, number one, I, I think a big reason why Alec Pierce is, hasn't seen the season that, that I think Colts fans would like him to see is because when Anthony Richardson went down, Gardner Minshew's skill set just does not match that of, of Alec Pierce. Uh, Alec Pierce is a guy that that you you throw the football deep down the field. He might not ma- get the most targets, uh, but when he does get those targets, they're going to lead to bigger plays. And we started to see that. You know, we started to see that in, against the Rams, where where Anthony Richardson was getting was being able to throw it down the field to Alec Pierce. We've seen it a couple times this year already, uh, where Alec Pierce has caught those. Those, those deep balls and I think the Colts have tried to get him more involved it's it's just it's, it's just not the his his skill set doesn't match up with what Gardner Minshew has not only been asked to do but what Gardner Minshew can do uh, for this offense so so I think that's that's number one the number two, the tape is showing that Alec Pierce is getting opened a lot more than you think. You know, Alec yeah. Pierce is, is being used sometimes as a decoy for this defense, or it's because the, the read isn't on on his side of the field to start at either Minshew doesn't see him or he tucks it and runs or, or starts to get frazzled in the pocket before he has a chance to get it to, to Alec Pierce. So there Alec Pierce is open a lot more than you think he would be. He's just not getting those targets. And, and I know that I think the Colts should try to maybe do a better job of making Alec Pierce the primary read on, on some of those or, and, and I think Gardner Minshew also needs to do a better job of just trusting to throw it up there and trust that Alec Pierce is going to go up, uh, use his 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 volleyball background and his basketball background, and to go make a play on a deep ball. So I'm not out on Alec Pierce yet. I just think uh, saying like Malik Neighbors or Roma Donzi, I know I've been mentioning those guys a lot. I just think they would fit the Z role a little bit better. Maybe they're more well-rounded wide receivers than than Alec Pierce. But to say that Alec Pierce is a scrub, I just don't believe that. Yeah, and um, clearly I don't because he is in my background. Um, so I, I I think at the end of the day, man, a lot of people compare last season. You know, Ryan was still – I think he still had enough arm strength to get the ball to Pierce. And then you ask about, well, what about Ellinger? Ellinger would throw it to anybody. I mean, he'll, he'll, just, he'll just chuck it down the field. And Nick Foles actually had a really good arm. I mean, he could chuck that ball very far down the field. So weirdly, all three of those guys fit. Alec Pierce better than Minshew, who is the safe guy, the check down guy, the quick get it out guy. Look, Alec Pierce is not that guy. I think Stats Matt said it in our last episode. Get him open on some screens. We set up place for him. Let because he is a burner and he's huge. If he gets if he gets even a step on somebody, good luck trying to tackle that guy or catch up to him. He is a gazelle. So maybe he's got some underrated, you know, rack ability we're not talking about, but I think it's just a matter of it's it, Minshew's just not the guy, like you said, and he's being used more as a decoy. He's getting open. Minshew's not hitting him, and he's also a hell of a blocker and, uh, you know, on, on the run plays. So I think there's still a place for him. I think you just got to unlock it somehow. I, I do too. Really appreciate the super chat, the question NFL nerd. It was, it was a fun one to talk about. And, and yeah, I think Alec Pierce should get a little bit more, more patience and a little bit more love from the fan base. Logan Schmidt already put out a meme of, of me on Twitter saying that I hate him and I'm not going to answer his questions. So here will come the barrage of, of, 
of fans uh, coming at me. Uh, Logan's Logan's the goat, man. Uh, I love it. It was it was hilarious. So uh, props to you, Logan. I, I definitely deserve that. Uh, and then we have he another. Yeah, he is quick. Another super chat this guy time from the third host of the show, Stats Matt. Stats Matt say, not a question, but isn't it nice with no turmoil? And yes, I, I think it is nice that we don't have to talk about. I mean, yeah, there's guys that are injured, uh, uh, but that's that happens in, at any time in the NFL season. But it is kind of nice just to focus on the, the the Colts trying to push and possibly taking the season that thought, was seemed lost after Richardson went down possibly doing the the uh the impossible uh as shane steichen tries to will this team to uh to a playoff berth it is it is fun talking about what's actually going on on the football field yeah and uh real quick um i think that at the end of the day man it last around this time last year we were talking about people being fired we mm-hmm. were talking about quarterbacks being rotated we were talking about former players that had no experience coaching getting hired uh, so it was, it was a wild it was a wild season last year so it's very nice to just relax honestly uh but real quick uh tony vibber i think you joined in just at the last second i don't think we've heard anything on those timelines i think we've just heard that um they're recovering as as they should and we'll see which is our, our shane Steichen's two favorite words when you ask about an injury update. Yeah, we'll we'll get more we'll get more on it probably when the Colts start practicing this week. Uh, see if Ogletree or or Juju uh, come back. Steichen didn't mention any of it today. Uh, coming yep. back from the bye in his short little pressure uh, presser, uh, but Juju Brents, Drew Ogletree, Josh Downs, Ryan Kelly, all names to keep an eye on, uh, and we'll keep you updated uh, uh, at, on Wednesday night. We'll we'll try to give you as much information as as we have heard on their uh their situation but hey I, I would think that maybe there's a good chance we see juju brents back this week as stats matt reads my mind he says my guess is juju is back uh once again we'll just have to okay. see uh what we do so 56 minutes in we've got one more thing to talk about before we end tonight so really appreciate all of your questions guys uh and that this makes this these type of episodes so much fun as we can talk about a whole bunch of different topics so uh we only have one more thing to cover on the latest colts news and rumors tonight and that was we did receive some news about jelani woods and unfortunately not great news so shane steichen said that while while jelani woods was rehabbing his injured hamstring to get back for the colts he had a setback with the other hamstring. So, uh, it, it, and while shane steichen didn't say that it was season ending he said he didn't know at this time drake if i my gut feeling is i don't think we see Jelani Woods this season. I mean, with seven games left, I mean, he could possibly try to come back, but after missing all season and and being out for for almost four months now, it's not like he's just going to come back and be the number one tight end and be a big part of this offense. It's it's going to take a ramp up period uh, for Jelani Woods not only to to get the hamstring healed, but then he's got to practice and kind of ramp up, get back into shape, uh, uh, and after that, uh, then he's got to ramp up, getting back into uh, uh, into the flow of the game back into the offense so in my opinion uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to be uh, a return for Jelani Woods and and unfortunately his sophomore campaign uh, is going to go by without him ever seeing the field yeah and look at the end at the end of the day I think that given that you wanted to see him with Richardson given that there's so many freaking injuries on this team they're five and five without him okay and now it's his other hamstring. Man, they need to shut him down for the season. I said if I said that we would get the answer on Jelani Woods during the bye week. Well, we have. I, I think he needs to just – they need to rest him. 
because holy crap, if you trot him out there, okay, both of his hamstrings are still recovering. All right. And he's a big, big man that relies a lot on explosion when he's cutting those routes and when he's jumping for those balls. So shut him down, get him back to square one, get both of his hamstrings for the love of God back to back to 100%. Don't risk it. Just, just shut him down. Just do it. Regardless of when he does return, I am really excited to see what Jelani Woods can do in this Shane Steichen oh, offense. Yeah. We talked about how Steichen had really big plans for Woods coming into this season, and those just aren't those aren't magically going to go away. Once Woods is healthy and back, uh, we're going to see what Shane Steichen can really bring out of that six foot seven, two hundred fifty three pound tight end uh, for this Colts offense. Going to be exciting. And then one last thing, a stats Matt reminds us: don't forget the HBO special on ah. Jim Ursay. So. Uh, uh, there's a special going to be talking about uh, an interview with Jim Ursay talking about his his battle with addiction and and what he went through and in a clip that we saw today on on X it looks like he he admits that he did overdose before and and could it was a very real possibility that Jim Ursay would not be with us today so really excited to to watch that and and see what what that's all about uh, i think that's going to be really really revealing and and just kind of show what what jim Mercer has had to battle with addiction uh throughout his life very it's going to be a very interesting and, and probably a uh, a very emotional story for the colts owner Hey, he's, he's look, this isn't even bias. He is just period. One of the best owners in the NFL. He always puts his best foot forward. He's been through hell. He's put himself through hell, but he's got one hell of a story to tell. And I think that he's a great example of how to recover. Exactly. So that's our show for this evening, guys. Really, really appreciate everybody tuning in uh, and joining to talk Colts football with us this evening. Shout out to our super chats, uh, Shaheen, NFL nerd, Stats Matt, and then a record-breaking super chat from Anthony Doe. Again, uh, I'm going to bring up his Twitter handle, give him another shout out. Go follow him at Celtic with two eyes underscore of underscore 300 on x make sure to go give that man a follow uh, uh thank you so much for for the super chat and and all of your support buddy uh it really does mean the world to us and, and thank you to everyone else that that joined and, and talked colts football with us as well this evening if you haven't done so please go follow all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook Follow at Colts on FN on X and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I go live, whenever Shad goes live with the Saddle Up show, so you never miss an episode. And if you can't catch us live or on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you. Drake, what have you been writing over the bye week and and, and leading up to this episode on HorseshoeHuddle.com that the people can go check out? So I uh, slowed it down a little bit, but I'll be releasing uh, this, uh, the final predictions for the rest of the seven games. So go check that out when it releases. But I also had the Colts' biggest surprise, disappointment, wild card of the 2023 season, as well as the five biggest questions surrounding the franchise. Definitely make sure you go check that, those out. For me, uh, I did... I kind of took stock of all the games that happened yesterday and how they affected the the, the Colts playoff standings currently. So went through all of those and, and went into detail about how it does affect the Colts, not only right now, but down the line as well. And then I went into a little bit more detail on Jelani Woods injury. Uh, so you go check that out and everything else from all of our fantastic writers for horseshoehuddle.com. Go follow Drake on X at Drake. 
You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we'll be back Wednesday night, the night before Thanksgiving, to get you all set for Colts versus Bucks. Sunday at 1 o'clock at Lucas Oil Stadium. Colts coming back from their bye really need to get some more W's if they want to stay in this tight playoff race in the AFC. So everyone, enjoy your week, and we'll be seeing you Wednesday night. Thank you so much, Colts Nation.